Hey, Sales Lift Nation, it's your host, Tyler Lindley. Today, I have Summer Paletti on the podcast. Hey, Summer, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Tyler, thanks. Thank you so much for joining. Summer is a partner at the Chris Jennings Group, where she does consulting and coaching for sales and revenue teams. And we're gonna talk about just that today, that coaching and continuous development in scale-up organizations, which I think, as Summer, we were talking before, is definitely something that a lot of companies prioritize. It might be one of their core values, continuous development, continuous learning, continuous growth. However, like some companies fail to put their money where their mouth is in this regard and that they don't give their frontline employees the actual resources or programs or trainings or coaches or just systems to actually develop their skills and work on those things. If a company out there is in that kind of a situation, how could they overcome that? Like, how can you actually start to build that into your culture of continuous learning? Wow, Tyler, that's an excellent point. And from where I sit in my former life as VP of sales and now, and now as a coach, I do see that knowledge being a plaque on the wall <laughs> with all the other core values. And then when you go into the organization and you run a session and you do some skill building, you get a lot of resistance from the employees. So there does seem to be a little bit of a mismatch there. And I think that like a lot of other core values, you set it and forget it, and it fails to really be prioritized in the busyness of whatever it is that the organization does. And without there being a culture of learning, I find that a lot of times the employees get sent to coaching when they need to be fixed. Mm. And so even though it's a core value, there ends up being this negative connotation around it to where nobody wants to go to coaching because that means you've been bad. Mm -hmm. So I think it really starts, I'm hard on leaders more so than I am on frontline employees. I think <laughs> that it has to start with the leadership. It has to be part of the culture and it has to be prioritized. Ways that I think companies can do that without having in-house training teams and tons of budgets are you can, you have to force people to make time. First of all, I remember when I was back with paychecks in the late nineties and here I am dating myself a bit. <laughs> Payroll's busy. I had 350 clients I worked with wow. and I had learning modules I was supposed to go through. And my manager forced me to set aside a couple hours a day off the phones away from my clients. It was really difficult to schedule that, but it was like, it was on my review. If I didn't make that time and I didn't go through my learning modules, like I was, that affected the score I got on my review. Hmm. So I, I feel like that was, that felt a little bit punitive. <laughs> I think now in a modern world, we need to make it a little bit more fun. So I see companies do things like you, you gamify it a little bit, yeah. I think might help. If you do things like, hey, you have a certain number of learning hours you need to fit into each week. And we can talk a little bit later about what those might look like. You can have like a weekly gift card. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Employees love PTO, like a free half day off. Mm -hmm. People scramble for a free half day off. <laughs> it doesn't technically cost the company a lot of money. A company swag, like special parking spot, lunch with the boss. There's a lot of different things that you could do, just little milestones along the way. The one thing that I remember from my paychecks days that kind of let you get off kilter a little bit was like your annual review and you got to hit your learning goals. 
but that's a year out. I think in today's (laughs) world with how quickly things move, it's got to be like a little weekly Mm -hmm. thing that like it's more easily attainable. It's more immediate. We like that immediate gratification (laughs) as opposed to a long term. I've also used contests don't work because the nerd in the group, Mm -hmm. that's me, by the way, um, the nerd in the group Nobody, everybody knows that person's going to win. So nobody else tries. So I think it also has to be like a guaranteed reward Mm -hmm. and kind of immediate. If we think of our toddler brain wants the sticker immediately (laughs) after we, you know, pick up our toys. Exactly. You brought up a good point of a lot of the frontline employees might be resistant to this kind of coaching because they get sent to this when they need to get fixed. And I agree. It can feel like, it can feel like punishment almost. And so instead mm-hmm. of approaching it from a place of, a place of, oh, I'm going to grow, I'm going to learn, I'm going to develop, I'm excited about this. Usually it's the opposite, right? It's, uh, oh, yeah. this is awful. Am I going to get, am I about to get let go? What happens if this doesn't go well? Yeah. So they're coming at it from a nervous, fearful, anxious yeah. place. Yeah. How can you fix that? Because I think that that's a horrible place to try to learn and develop yeah, it is. when you feel like, yeah you're up against, you're on the chopping block or your back's against the wall. So how can we shift that and make learning not just when they need to get fixed? So it does start with that learning culture. So I'm glad we started with that. I also see a lot of inconsistency in skill building and learning in organizations. So I think if it's something that's constant, again, there's a weekly goal, it's in their plan, they make time for it. There's classes or sessions or materials available for them. There's a system that is followed consistently. I think the consistency has got to help there because if everybody goes to some sort of learning Mm -hmm. all the time, then we don't fall into that trap of we got busy So we stopped the learning programs, but Frank over there, we just put him on a pep. So we got to put him. So I think you. So now he needs extra. Frank needs double the learning. Yeah. Frank's not getting it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's got to be consistent because that's another reason why people don't pay attention is because they're like, this is the flavor of the month and I'm busy. So there's got to be a consistency. Right. Um, And there's probably got to be a strategy around it. And you've got to tie it to ROI. We probably don't have time to talk about that. But just as a teaser, your employee experience is directly tied to your client experience. Your client experience is tied to retention and retention obviously affects your revenue. So if you put KPIs around it and you tie it to revenue, then I think your senior leaders prioritize it. And as long as it's prioritized, then you get that consistency that that is necessary in order to make sure that it isn't only leveraged as a fix-it tool. Yep. Exactly. You bring up a good point there too about the quote flavor of the month. And it sounds like you've seen these, maybe these programs change so much, I guess, from week to week or month to month. There's very little consistency in the actual topics or the strategies that we're talking about. It's like, what are we going to try this month? What are we throwing up against Mm -hmm. the wall? How can we overcome that as a training group and an organization coaching and training? But how can we overcome that getting away from that flavor of the month. Well, here we go again. Yeah, I think that's an important question 
that not a lot of people seem to answer. And it goes back to being strategic. If you want people to, there's not, there's got to be certain trends in your industry that you need to follow. That's obvious. Mm-hmm. And then when I think about revenue teams, I think about the digitization and the consumerization of the B2B experience. B2B buying habits have changed dramatically over the last few years and certainly in the last year. And so somebody's got to be paying attention to those trends as well. And I think content marketing works best if you have a strategy calendar and you've got topics of the month and you've got goals set around it. So I think that a learning program, if you follow that a skill a month or what skills do we need to have this year rather than trying to figure it out on the fly. Yeah. If there's a topic a month and there's a long-term strategy and it's built toward, it's got to have a goal. Otherwise, what's the point of doing this? Yep. Because then you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall or chasing shiny objects or whatever. But I also think that the strategy's got to be flexible enough to where, God forbid, we have a disruption like we had last year. You can shift if needed. Whatever would have been the flavor of the month in March of 2020 needed to immediately be, how do we work from home? Yep. Yep. But if you can move things around, but I think there's got to be an overall goal every year and then monthly initiatives that get you toward that goal. Yep. No, I totally agree. Building in some room for we've got to adapt to changing conditions in the market. What we spoke about last year is now different. However, in staying on that theme, you need alignment, right? Mm. From the leadership all the way down to whoever's delivering the coaching or or Mm -hmm. develop or learning development all the mm-hmm. way down to the frontline employees. Hey, here's here are the pillars that yeah. we're going after and where, where we want you to yeah. develop in the next month or three months or six months or year. And there's alignment across the board that yeah. these are the right things. Here's the reason mm-hmm. why we're doing these things. Here's how we're going to judge those things. And then here as an organization for the executive team, here's the ROI. Going back to the, the ROI conversation, here's how we can prove the ROI of this specific yeah. training on these specific topics. Is that is that how do you get that alignment? I guess like how, obviously we know, we both know it's important, but how do you get that kind of buy-in across the organization? Because I think that makes the training more effective, right? That makes the learning more continuous and more, more effective for the entire organization. But how do you go about getting that level of buy-in? That is a really tough question. And so we didn't cover this in our previous chat, but off the top of my head, what I'm thinking is, The reasons for why coaching and continual learning are important are very different from a frontline employee perspective as opposed to a leader perspective. The leader is going to understand that it all ties to growth. Yep. Um, However, sometimes those concepts are difficult for frontline employees to think of. And so for a frontline employee, now this sort of sounds scary regardless of where you are in your career, but... Your career is basically five decades. And that sounds scary. When you do your retirement planner, you get social security when you're like 72 or so, and you graduate college when you're 22 or so. So that's five decades. So for a frontline employee, I tell them like, your career is five decades and you are going to retire from a role that did not exist Mm -hmm. when you started your career. And so if you're going to remain employable, for as long as you plan to and want to work, 
you are going to have to continually learn new skills Mm -hmm. as new technologies come that change the way that we work. Otherwise, you're going to get you'll get aged out of the system, so to speak, sooner Mm. than you want to. And and that's a little punitive. It's early in the morning. So pardon me. (laughs) But I would lean on the you want a long career. Yep. And you're going to have to roll with the changes in the way business is done. And I coached this about a week ago to a team that was a little resistant to some of what I was talking about. And so I was like, okay, so who here is old enough to where like social media wasn't a thing Mm -hmm. when you came into the workplace? And now there's like people specializing. You've got directors, you've got people that make a ton of money directing social media strategies and social media marketing and social media selling. And that wasn't even a job in the 90s when I came into the workforce. So, And you talked about your dad and email. Some people (laughs) had to adapt to learning how to use email. And so you just, you got to learn new stuff. And if you're not learning new stuff, you're just going to get, you're going to get rusty. Yeah. And can you also hammer the point, like this is one thing I do. I coach a lot of newer sales reps in my day to day. And I talk a lot about this idea of transferable skills that the mm. things that you're learning right now don't just apply to the company that you're working at right now. They apply to you and the rest of your career, yeah. professionally mm. and personally. Like if mm. you can talk to a stranger, I think that can impact your personal life just as much as your professional sure. life. If you can connect with people and persuade them to, to do something sure. you want to do, what <laughs> that's such an important skill and, and one that is hard to mm-hmm. develop. So that, I talk about this idea of transferable skills. Like, guys, we're laying the foundation for skills you're going to use for the rest of your career, regardless of whether you stay in sales. Like, you talk about this idea of these jobs that don't even exist right now. Wherever your career takes you, these skills will be impactful and important. And I try to hammer that. Do you think, is that another way for us to get frontline employees bought in? If so, how have you used that? Summer. That's an interesting concept. I use it in a slightly different way because a lot of what I'm still trying to do, believe it or not, is to get sellers to leverage social media in their mm. selling efforts. A social media selling, believe it or not, it's been around a while, but it still isn't really widely adopted by maybe some of the more tenured sales reps treading gently. <laughs> and so I talk about creating your own personal brand mm-hmm. and that is you're putting yourself out there. You're putting yourself out there as a a little mini influencer, a thought leader in your realm of influence. Mm -hmm. And that what you do does transfer to other organizations. It's tough for some C-suite to think about the fact that their folks might not be there forever. um, But that (laughs) certainly is a reality in today's world. You stay with a job for three, five years or so, and then you find something else. So yeah, you gave me a good idea, the transferable skills. I'm, I'm going to use that because I feel like that's really good for more entry level yeah. and maybe some of the customer service or implementation folks, as opposed to that branding really works well with sales folks. They like right. that. When I guess it sounds like we've got to read the room too. We've got to understand who are we talking to. And typically you might have folks at various generations, various backgrounds, Mm. but you also might have a group of folks that are all pretty similar. So you have to figure out who you're speaking to, what the group looks like, and then gear your training or your ideas and getting that buy-in depending on where that group is in their Mm -hmm. careers, right? Yeah, absolutely. The way that we talk to, I I work with 
service folks and I work with sales folks, that's a completely, we might be talking about the same skill, Mm -hmm. but it's a completely different program just because the comfort level with certain concepts, the way they would utilize certain concepts in their daily routine is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You talked earlier yeah. about this, the concept of the ROI. And, and I want to drill back in there because you, sure. you talked about the employee experience impacting the client experience, which yeah. can impact retention, which impacts the bottom line. How do we, do you think it's on, should companies try to build those things themselves, build out these teams internally, or is it easier to bring in other folks from the outside who've built this for other companies? If you don't have, because a lot of the companies that mm-hmm. leaders that listen to this podcast don't necessarily have an L&D department. They don't have Mm -hmm. this entire engine of their business that's educating folks. They're probably just cobbling this together with their sales manager and with someone in HR and, oh, here's a webinar. Everybody go attend. Or here's a training program. Y'all go log in and do everything. It's more cobbled together than probably intentional. So mm-hmm. how might we develop some of these things? Should we do it internally or externally, which might be easier? And then how can we show the ROI regardless? Because regardless, resources mm-hmm. would be spent. So how might you show that ROI in either circumstance? Let's see. So let's start with how to build the program. Mm-hmm. And I've been on both ends. I've been a senior leader in an organization where it was duct tape and band-aids. Yep. And I now I am a coach who puts these programs together for other companies. So I'll start with my previous life as a VP of sales. Mm-hmm. And it was all of what you described. Seminars, webinars, self-study on certificated programs. Mm-hmm. HR did some of the training. Sometimes it was the leaders. Just sometimes it was a mentor. Sometimes it was just a peer. Like it was all over the place. And we did have that plaque on the wall that talked about continuous learning. Yep. And I think that what what we did was we tried. What we did not was no KPIs, no ROI, no consistency. And so we leaned on HR because HR seemed to usually have more time to do this because they weren't like client facing. But then I did find it out that the whenever HR did a skill building session, it was attended with because HR typically does, and they tried their hardest. I'm not knocking them. They put together good programs. <laughs> yeah. But because HR does the finger wagging, the, the buy annual or whatever, like the harassment training and things like that, like HR trainings were not received very well. And I don't think anybody really paid any attention. So without an L&D department or even one person, if we could have afforded one person whose job it was to train, it at least would have had some organization and some consistency. So we really struggled and we brought in a sales coach, actually the firm where I work now, we brought in a sales coach to at least coach up those folks. Yep. And we saw like instant ROI there. It was within within the first year, I think, after we hired the sales coach, we quadrupled our annual sales. Mm-hmm. And then we just kept beating that number. So then we leveraged them to also coach up the client experience side to work with the service folks. And then we started seeing some alignment with communication and yep. things like that. So because I saw proof of concept there, 
And then now because I went over and now I do that as my main job, I do think that companies who can't afford, they don't have the money yet for that L&D department, or it doesn't even have to be a, a, a department. It can be one person. One person, yeah, one headcount. Is the learning. Yep. It's going to be tough to do it without somebody to maybe come in and put together this, at least put together the strategy. So yep. sometimes that's what I'll do is put together the strategy for somebody and then they can take the plan and DIY it internally. I don't have to be around forever, but to have someone at a minimum whose job it is to just put it together and make sure that it sees through without that, you're just going to fall victim to it right. not being consistent. Well, and it probably and then, gosh, how you keep, tie it to ROI. You've got to get that organizational alignment. Yeah. So I feel like you have to get the CFO or the controller in the room mm-hmm. yep. uh, to help. And then you you have to set up certain KPIs. And for my team, when we brought in a coach, we knew what our annual sales were, and we knew what the coach cost, and so that was easily trackable. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever you're spending on your learning and development, you have to know what that costs at a minimum. And then you have to have some other sort of KPI that you attach it to. And it sounds like you almost recommend instead of maybe putting the money towards a full-time internal resource, it's likely cheaper to outsource initially do a small, maybe minimum viable product product or uh, strategy or program. And then once we have proven some ROI, maybe on that program, then you can develop more, res- add more resources to that, whether that's bringing in a full-time employee or just going deeper with an outsource resource. Awesome. Summer, is there anything that we haven't discussed yet that you want to make sure our listeners know or understand in terms of building this learning and continuous development culture within the organization? I think we covered the gamut, to be honest. Awesome. Awesome. How can how can my listeners find you online if they want to learn more about you, Summer? You know, the best place to find me is is on LinkedIn. Okay. I'm on there a bit. I do my social selling because I preach it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. And we'll link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So definitely connect with Summer there. And if you have any questions about how she might can help, reach out. Summer, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your Mm -hmm. time today. It was a fun conversation. I appreciate you inviting me. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time.